The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Regis Philbin. Welcome to Monday. Uh, you know, he's dead. I know that. Okay. That's why I can use his name. All right. Yeah, I'm using that as my radio name now. All right. I'm Eric Harley, and it's uh, Thanksgiving week. So, listen, you guys do all the work here. Yeah. Gary and I are just hanging out. <laughs> you know, I thought about that as just getting everything together over here, and uh, I'm thinking to myself, I haven't stopped all weekend. Nothing is – I didn't, like, just sit down and – well, I did golf on Friday. Yeah, All right. yeah, but that's not sitting down. I mean, you're you know, doing something. And mm-hmm. So I golfed on, but the, since I golfed on Friday, I ha- have not stopped. And it's everything is about you know getting ready for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah, you got travel involved. I've got so. I've got travel, a bunch of yeah. other stuff. I got yeah. all my the thing is, and and I got by this weekend, I got all my my Christmas stuff up because uh, uh, I like it up. You know, I I I like having everything done. By the time Thanksgiving's over. Right. So and when I, you come back. When you know, I come back, I don't have to do everything again. Yeah, I can yeah. put on all the lights and everything is ready to go. Right. So. So I just didn't just didn't stop. So it's like doing that, looking at the news. And I just came in now and I'm like, look at all the news. It's Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Eh, forget about it. Somebody else do work. I don't That's feel right. like doing That's it. That's right. Listen, you do the show. 86690 Red Eye. Now, now there <laughs> <laughs> Now there are some things that did catch my attention. Yeah. Like the election in Argentina. Yeah. And not and not that they elected uh, again a libertarian populist. By the way, I have no idea what a libertarian populist is. We need to keep government out of our business except where we invest in you. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> That sounds like a socialist populist, yeah, yes, but libertarian with the with the libertarian lean. It almost sounds like I'm ordering at Starbucks. Yes, I like a socialist populist with the libertarian lean. Make that a venti, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, what do you do when you have inflation at one 
150%. Think about that. You celebrate. That's one. You're, <laughs> you're achieving over 100. You're achieving over 100%. I think you have a parade. Wow. That's insane. You know, we forget about, I guess we forget about other parts of the world. You know, when when we're all worried about ours, well, the, how the, dare we be self-centered and be worried about our, our own finances? Well, the thing but, is, but the, the, uh, the, eco- the economy minister for the last couple of years was the candidate running against him right. and running on his record. Yeah. Could you imagine? You, you think... You think that Biden has a problem running on his record? How would you like to sit there and go, I am the economic minister. I'm running for the president of the, Uni- of the United States, the president of Argentina. Well, let's just say it was the president of the United States. And we have 150% inflation since I've been in office. Yeah. And still 44% of the people vote for you. Well, you know why? Because they've got to cut programs. They have no choice. So this is this yeah. is the thing that you talk about. All right. Yeah, okay. He might have got elected. Can mm-hmm. he stay when he really starts well, cutting? Because that's the problem. We saw it in Greece. We're seeing it in the United States right now. That there yeah. has been no significant cutting at all. And Republicans, you know, push it down uh, uh, again. You know, push it down the road again. They don't have the votes to to do anything else on it. And so you look at it and you say, well, the United States really isn't confronting it. And then somebody will say, yeah, but we don't have 150% inflation. Wait till we get 60 or 70% inflation. Then yeah. we may start to get serious on what we should do. Well, I I have to go back and double check the Prime Minister of uh, Britain, uh, Sunak. Didn't he get in trouble for talking about austerity? And then came out and released a statement. Listen, I, I realize that now is not the time of you know for austerity. Uh, who was it? Tim Scott. Remember, uh, not Tim Scott. Um, Rick Scott. Right? Was it Rick Scott that started talking about making cuts? And uh, I promised to do this, and I promised to do this, and we said, um, "You can't talk that way if you're trying to appeal on a national level." We agree with you, but nobody wants to hear this. And by the way, <laughs> everything is, is everything's from a year ago. I'm, I just put it into Google. Mm-hmm. Britain embracing austerity 2.0 is recession uh, uh, bites. Sunak with elite pedigree must now sell Britain on austerity. UN poverty envoy tells Britain this is the worst time yeah. for uh, yeah. for for austerity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it said, uh, and this is all going October and uh, November right. of, uh, of last year. Yeah, Sunak's right, cuts yeah. will be more brutal than austerity. You know, I mean, the, pointing out that, look, <laughs> you get to the end of the rope, there's just no more rope. You can scream for more rope. It ain't there. And it, what the situation you described in Argentina is what we've been talking about here at home, and that is... It doesn't matter who the next president is, if it's Gavin Newsom or Donald Trump. <laughs> there was more talk about him running, uh, Newsom running over the weekend. But whoever comes in next is going to have to inherit the mess. And I look, it makes me wonder if some Democrats on Capitol Hill are going, 
you know what? I'm kind of okay with Trump coming in because he's going to have such a massive pile, heaping, steaming pile. That the Democrats will win in 2028. Yeah, that, you know, we'll just throw him under the bus. We'll go into this recession because he won't know what to do. Uh, His administration won't know what to do. Other Republicans won't know what to do. Look, um, Jim Jordan, when he was, you know, uh, vying for Speaker of the House, promising some of the blue state Republicans, hey, look, uh, I'll push to double the salt tax deduction. Well, look at the story. Look at the story in the Wall Street Journal about Republicans for a carbon tax. Yes. Yeah, uh, about uh, and this is a Republican bill from Cassidy in Louisiana, right? right. And uh, uh, what's his name from South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsey oh, Lindsey Graham. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Yeah. That this bright idea, we're going to put a tariff on any country that has a higher carbon level than we are. Any products coming in to the United States, we're going to put a tariff on it. They're like, what the hell are Republicans do? doing? Are number doing? one, you're making the Democrats' case for them right. by agreeing with them. And number two, they said, on all these 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 things and these countries that you're going to ban things from, the United States does not have the capability to manufacture them at the level needed. It's going to skyrocket the cost. And the United States citizens are going to pay yes. for you to promote a Democrat philosophy of... Of a carbon tax. And and, you and, the, can, and and what they're saying as well. But uh, uh, Americans won't be paying it for it uh, directly. It will be those companies and those countries. Well, no, they pay for it. What do you mean they won't pay for it directly? The prices will go up. It will cost them. They're making the exact same argument that Democrats would make. And this is what you and I, you and I have talked about. That the Republicans, you know, where the Republican Party is going much more populist. We're going to punish those countries yeah. by putting tariffs on right, them. Right. Well, I mean, and you, you it, don't punish them. You punish the final end consumer. That's an American citizen. And and you think about a state like Louisiana. Look, there's a ton of offshore drilling industry in that state. There's a ton of oil industry. As as a Republican, you want to come in and say. We're going to follow the the path of the Democrats because how do you in the future say uh, we need to stop this killing oil jobs thing? You're you're walking lockstep with Democrats when you do this. Yeah, because you're promoting the same philosophy that they are, which right. taxes the U.S. citizen. Right. Yep. I mean, it's just it's, and, it's, and it's mind boggling. Right. And, you know, getting on the whole man-made global climate change thing. Yeah. Way to go. Way to Newt Gingrich this. And they said, you know, they're trying to say, well, this is about overall pollution. And as the Wall Street Journal points out, Cassidy understands there's a difference between carbon yes. and particulate and, matter. Yeah, exactly. Particulate matter pollution right. is something that you and I have talked about. Right. And he's doing this anyway because this is the populist way to go. And see, this is a problem with populism. Right. But because you don't get into the details of it. We're going to put tariffs on these countries and they'll be punished for it. Mm-hmm. No, you'll pay higher prices. Well, and the thing, look, you you and I remember, remember, remember when uh, when uh, uh, Trump talked about tariffs paying for the wall, mm-hmm. and we had Republicans calling up, going, "He's making a great point." Well, you're clueless. Yeah, there's that. It's 
They, they were, it's they, backwards. And, and right. by the way, it's the been US, going that way for a while. The U.S. consumer would pay for it. Go ahead. Right. I'm sorry. It, it, it's been that way for a while. We've been edging toward this. So it's no surprise that we have Republicans saying things like, oh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll double the salt tax uh, deduction cap and then we'll uh, uh, we'll put a um, basically a price freeze on credit cards. You know, I mean, think about that. The rate freeze of 18 percent rate cap and get rid of Citizens United. Right. You know, I mean, the, the, I mean, the their Republicans are sounding like Democrats, and these are people that you would perceive as being more conservative, and they're jumping on the populist bandwagon. And and here's the thing, or here's what I wonder: are, has the left gone so far radically left that the Demo- or, or the uh, Republicans <laughs> Freudian slip picked up their old playbook, picked up the old. Oh, let's look through this and see what mm-hmm. we could do to appeal to people. Yeah, for elections, we'll yeah. just take it up. You know, we're con- we we'll be considered moderates and conservatives based on this. Well, that's garbage, and it's what you and I have talked about for many years: the right going further left. Well, one of the problems is they don't communicate effectively. They right. don't know how to. They haven't communicated effectively, and they say. Well, we've got to go a couple of steps to talk to people about how economics really works. We can't do that. Let's just throw populism at them. And basically, because populism in my modern populism today, in my opinion, lies to the people. Oh, yeah. Because modern populism tells you that economics is this way and we can control the economics of it. We can make your life better by like things like tariffs Mm -hmm. when they can't. Mm -hmm. Say, if, if you wish to say... We want to protect the American market and the American consumer is going to pay for it. But as the Wall Street Journal points out on many of these products that are made, there is no American market, which means there is there isn't even that that so-called benefit of an American company being able to charge a lot higher prices because of the tariffs in order to succeed because the cost of doing business is greater here. That's not even the case The the Wall Street Journal is making on it. But they're not being honest with you. They make mm. it sound like there's a there's a free lunch for you. We can right. do this, yeah. and there's right. no effect on you whatsoever, and that's a lie. That's the garbage that got us here. Yeah. Because if you believe you can sell it effectively, tell the truth. Yep. And so that's, you know, been our worry. But you know something, when you talk about, because we're talking about, started about talking about Argentina mm-hmm. and their 150% uh, inflation, look, you know, we're in the situation that you can only, there was only, there was no other, there's no other route that you could possibly go down. When you see Adams now wanting to, in New York City, wanting to slash the New York Police Department's budget because they're spending so much money on other things. Right. And, yeah. and so the, and these other things don't necessarily help the citizens. Right. And, and so they can't borrow money like the federal government does. And that's why, in my opinion, liberals hate federalism. Yeah. They hate right, it. Right. And we saw the example. California couldn't pass socialized health care. Why? Mm-hmm. They couldn't pay for it. Right. Remember, uh, the, 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 uh, they couldn't get it done. They said we can't do this because there's no funding mechanism. Right. Got and, and, and they were just, you know, I mean, the, the mob got 
angry. Well, they didn't, they didn't want to put a funding mechanism in because then people realize we have to pay for it. Exactly. Same, in, same in Colorado, same in Vermont. They can't, they, they can't borrow right. money the way that the, the federal government, right. they can't print money. So they hate federal, they hate the state experiments, except for sanctuary cities, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But they hate it because they know the only way that they can support what they want is debt. Yeah. By putting it on the backs of our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. And that's the easy way out for Democrats and some Republicans in America right now. Right. Put the burden on future generations. Yep. Yep. We got a great show ahead. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, I talked to, you know, a friend of mine over the weekend, and it's like, you know, look. You know, being grateful for everything. I'm grateful for being born in this nation and being a, a, a citizen of this nation. Let's not screw it up. Eight six six ninety red eye. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hot Shot Secret the country's number one fastest-growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control, but oftentimes the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's cetane number. In most states, the minimum a cetane number across the nation is between 42 and 45, and most modern engines are built and tuned to operate with the best cetane number closer to 50. If your truck has a low cetane rate of diesel, you'll often be able to tell. Cetane improves starting in the cold. Fuel does not burn as efficiently, which means more soot output, less power, and lower fuel economy. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep cetane numbers up. To keep the engine operating at its best while helping with cold starts, fuel economy, and DPF regeneration cycles. At Hot Shot Secret EDT Plus Winter Defense, a 7-in-1 anti-gel fuel booster at every fill-up to keep cetane numbers in a premium range while also protecting you from gelling. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hot Shot Secret's EDT Plus Winter Defense at HotShotSecret.com. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, sad news, uh, Rosalind Carter uh, died yesterday, 96 years old. You know, yeah. the thing is, when they said on Friday that she was going into hospice, Yeah. all I thought was, oh, okay, though, you know, you know, with him at home, right? With with Jimmy Carter at home, I went, oh, okay. Just because he's been in hospice for months, he's had hospice care and actually yeah. has had uh, at least one outing since then. Yeah. And it was it was heartbreaking to hear that uh, first that she had been in hospice care, and uh, then they revealed that she had uh, dementia. But then to hear that. Uh, Yesterday, the news that she had passed. That's a long, full life. And you and I were just looking at it. They were married for 77 oh, years. Wow. How awesome is that? I mean, you just, you don't, 
it's so rare these days. You know? And seventies, how many people make it to fifty and then sit my my parents were at sixty eight. Yeah. When my mom died. Yeah. Wow. But seventy seven years, wow. Yeah. And that's, that's unbelievable. When you yeah. think that's unbelievable. It is. I mean just unbelievable. That, that might be a record. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, and so on Thanksgiving uh, week, uh, we always have to talk about the uh, the biggest football game uh, of the uh, the uh, the weekend. Yeah. Because we're the only show in America that probably has, and it became a tradition years ago. Yeah. <laughs> to always mention that uh, the Montreal Alouettes are the Canadian Football League champion this year. <laughs> Congratulations. They, they won that exciting sounding championship game, mm-hmm. the Grey mm-hmm. Cup. Uh-huh. The great, the great. Let's let's make it neutral. Let's make it neutral sounding. Yeah. <laughs> I just happened to. I just was going on YouTube looking for political stuff, and I have to get through all the sports stuff first. All the sports stuff comes up. Yeah, right. and the first thing that's the the first thing on YouTube. The first thing, and I have not. You know, I've not gone searching. It's not like 
it's picking up on the algorithm of me searching for Canadian Football League games over the last six months. Right. I, I have, and it just appears the first thing, the uh, CFL 2023 recap of the Grey Cup. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I have no idea who won. And I, so I went right to the end of the video, and that's how I saw that Montreal won. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see the news story. <laughs> And then I remembered our tradition of always giving yeah. out the uh, right. the, uh, the the game. <laughs> uh, it was funny because a, a buddy of mine yesterday was uh, was uh, <laughs> uh, you know talking. He all my buddies were talking about the you know the Bills game. Yeah. And before I went before I went to sleep because I went to sleep probably I didn't see any of the game. I went to sleep about it. I can't do it. I can't watch the game and then go to sleep. I just can't do. I can't watch anything. You like don't that need that kind of grief. And while trying to sleep, no, it's no, it's just. I, I think I think it's for anything with me is that um, it doesn't have to be whether I'm, you know, personally invested in that team or not. It's just, and you probably know this. I have to shut my mind down, and that's a yeah. process of yeah. shutting my mind down. It's just the fact that I can't be thinking, and and so I had a. But one of the last texts I got was my buddy said. Okay, I'm I'm still complaining about the Bills yet they're up nine nothing. Yeah. Which of course was three field goals. So I said right, right, I yeah. said and so I just wrote back to him, I said, So what? Did they score a touchdown? They went for the two point conversion and they kicked a punt that wasn't returned out of the end zone? Because that would be nine points in the Canadian Football League. Because if you punt in the Canadian Football League and I believe also kick a field goal and they don't return it from the end zone. Hmm. If they miss the field goal, and you can return it. Uh, well, I know it's a punt. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's a field goal or not. If you punt and they don't return it from the end zone, hmm. you get a point. So if you're, if you're hmm. at the 50-yard line and you, you punt from the, you know, the 40, you're, you know, excuse me, if you're at the 55-yard line, I forgot <laughs> it's Canadian football, and you kick from the 45 and it goes into the end zone and you don't return it, you get a point. So, and wow. so, and so when I said that, I said, oh, so if they're up nine, nothing, that means a touchdown. Then they went for the two point conversion that would give them eight. And then they got one point because they punted into the, and my, my bunny's like, no, 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 mm. don't think so. Mm. <laughs> That's the NFL. Mom. Did you ever, when you were growing up, did you ever go to a CFL game? No, but because I grew up on the border, I was actually a fan of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, which is where they played the uh, the Grey Cup yesterday. Was in their uh, in their stadium, which is known as mm. Tim Horton Field. Ah, okay, all right. <laughs> so. I had some Tim Horton coffee, not from the actual location over the weekend. Oh, good coffee pods. Oh, all yeah. right, all right, yeah. all right. Was it good? It's good. Smooth co- it's smooth coffee, really yeah. is. Yeah. And and so did they so here's the question. So did they name the stadium after the coffee or the hockey player? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both. No, I remember when my brother and I the when we were kids and we went to Toronto and we made our father, you know, when we were going through Hamilton, it was Ivor Wynn Stadium back then, the original stadium. Yeah. And we made our father, you know, go by that because we were we were I think it was still the American Football League at the time. So we were AFL fans where the Bills were, but we were Hamilton Tiger Cats fans because they were closest to Buffalo. Right. 
And so we I remember we went by the stadium going, this is where the CFL plays. Mm. Probably the only American kids that have ever done that. Yeah. Wow, right. look, mm. this is where the CFL plays. Wow, this is really impressive. <laughs> right. And it only fit. I mean, yeah. it's not like a – was not a monster stadium, you know, like the NFL stadiums are. I think it might have fit, I don't know, 20,000 people, maybe the stadium. But right. it was still, yeah. wow, this is where they do it. And, you know, mm. it's – yeah, okay. And, and so, uh, yeah, so. Uh, uh, All right. Mon- Montreal won. Now, the headline mm-hmm. of the, of the uh, outside of sports, the headline yesterday for me, the headline of the, the weekend, mm-hmm. biological woman wins 2023 Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back in the day that you would hear about the Miss Universe pageants? Before a winner was crowned. <laughs> now it seems like well, you only learn it after. Oh, did they have that this weekend? Well, we did learn a little bit last week because remember the Miss Universe contest filed bankruptcy. Yeah. Yeah. After allowing right. men in. Right. I wonder how that happened. I just. Well, I saw there the. There can't be a correlation, can there? Well, the director said there is. So <laughs> we allowed men in for some reason. Nobody wants to invest in us. Yeah, we, we don't under we don't understand. We're trying to make the Miss Universe pageant less sexist, so <laughs> we're bringing men in, more more tolerant of men. <laughs> wow, yeah, just insane, just insane. But a biological, you're saying. A biological the, the claim woman won. is a biological woman won. One, yes. All right. That's... I I don't know. I'm going to call fake news. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's <laughs> trying to get more investors. <laughs> just this is just a ploy to get more investors. Wow. Yeah, there were uh, two. Uh, men competing, biological men competing in Miss Universe. Okay. Yes. So, and then there was a big news that went bankrupt right before you know, just last week, <laughs> right. right before the right. show's posted again. We don't know what happened. What channel is it on? Is it on any channel? I don't know if it airs anywhere. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't I'm, know. No, I. Yeah, I just saw the headline and burst out laughing. Yeah, <laughs> because right. a biological woman wins twenty twenty three Miss Universe pageant. Right. Whoa, really? Wow. That's <laughs> is okay. Here's a question: Is competing in 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 a pageant for young ladies and women? Is that a thing? And number two, is that allowed? Is what does allowed? does the left just forget about men actually competing with the women, but just the the part of women competing in a pageant? That's got to be frowned upon by the left. Well, uh, as I've always asked, what are you winning? 
When you win Miss Universe, what do you win? When you well, win Miss America, the talent what do you contest, win? the swimsuit contest, the I don't do they think do they, essays anymore. I don't think they have the swimsuit contest. What? Anymore. I think one of them took it out. Oh yeah, okay. Now I will admit I have not done my research on pageants. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I. But I do. I do remember one of them pulled the swimsuit. I don't know which one okay. it was. Pulled the swimsuit. All right. So and they so just it, walk out naked. So it's, or how's so, it it's, <laughs> so it's talent. So it's walk out naked. Just. We're not going to have this whole swimsuit thing. Oh, that's good. That's progress. All of them are going to be naked. Oh, that's that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you made me think of I, the. You made me think of the Seinfeld one where he dated Miss Rhode Island for a while, and then, yeah, yeah, and then uh, Kramer Kramer became the chaperone because so he could date her, and then right Kramer right, became right. her advisor. Right, and the yeah. things that he would say to her, what she had to do. Now you're big wasted. So she, right, Jerry's right. like, stop it. She goes, no, no, no. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. I got to hear this. I want to win. I got to yeah, win. Yeah, yeah. And Kramer was like, first off, he goes, but he he, uh, he said, hey, could, Jerry asked him, could you be the chaperone? He goes, for who? He goes, Miss Rhode Island. He goes, nah, they never win. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, well, then, it, then he was an expert. He knew everything about. Every Miss America or Miss USA, whatever it is, pageant. Yeah, right. He knew all the details, like, from the last 40 years because he's watched every one. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. Oh, man. Yeah. So. All right. Well, congratulations to the winner. Congratulations <laughs> to the pageant for, for uh, or the judges, I guess, for picking a woman. And the Miss universe pageant well see i mean do you i mean seriously the playbook is all over the place just a pageant based on i mean and looks are part of it so let's say all right they take the the swimsuit competition out fine but looks are still a big part of it. And they're wearing a lot of makeup. Well, you can make the case. I'm not saying because, they're not pretty. I'm just saying the left would frown on, you know, well, well you can't is, have them, you is, know, they're, they're is it time, treating them as uh, objects. Is it time... Because you can, can you make the case that these pageants are about body shaming? Well, that's I guess and because, that's part of where I was going right, to because with. because we haven't seen, for example, because we've been told the last year that Lizzo is beautiful in her scantily clad outfits, right? And we must accept her as beautiful because everything is beautiful, and then in what, its own way was. B.J. Thomas, everyone. Um, <laughs> so, or how many people did a cover of that song actually over the uh, over the years? Uh, B. Makes B. me B.J. Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> it makes me forget who did the original. We like B.J. Thomas. Yeah, uh, he was great. Um, no, that's that's the whole point. And and didn't Lizzo get caught like body shaming 
body her, shaming, harassing her own, her own people. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden she sort of disappeared. She's right. No, yeah, that was over quick. Yeah, wasn't exactly. It? Yeah. She. That's right. She was body shaming other people. Right. <laughs> that's rich. That's like me telling other people they're ugly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Hey, you're really ugly. Yeah, or me? You're, wa- you're not worth me. <laughs> me walking into Home Depot complaining about all the old guys in black t-shirts and blue jeans walking around. You guys need to get a life. And also, where are the hammers? Yeah. Um, I. By the way, I as a kid, I never really understood the because they used to, it used to be on network TV. Oh yeah, it was big. Miss America, yeah. Miss Bird Universe. Parks, remember that? Yeah. And you know, I, it was a thing, but I, I, I was like, eh, even as a kid, I don't, I don't get it. Even as a kid, I yeah. thought it was stupid. No, that's, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. get it. I it was like, oh, what, what does this mean? What happens with this person? Do, if it's Miss Universe, do they go on and leave the planet and compete with other planets and their winners? Nope, they've won the universe. And wait a minute here. It was that's a that's the old Letterman joke. The problem with the Miss Universe pageant is that the winner is always from Earth. That was a Letterman line. Yeah. Now wait a minute. Wasn't Miss Thailand one of the transgenders came in second first runner up? Hmm. Okay. I'm looking at this, Miss Nicaragua, Mm. Australia, Mm. and Miss Thailand, Mm. sparkle in embellished gowns. Yeah. Miss Australia, Nicaragua, and Thailand took the stage in nude embellished gowns. Wow. Miss Argentina was not able to actually make it because of the cost of inflation in Argentina. (laughs) 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. More polls out. Not looking good for the president. Mm. Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this 
is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thanks so much for being here. Well, there you. we go Thank here. Uh, airlines brace for record Thanksgiving air travel. They expect more air travelers ever than ever this holiday season. Interesting, they go cheaper airfare than last year is providing some relief to consumers after prolonged inflation. Hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen any cheaper <laughs> yeah, airfares where I fly. Well, yeah, it was about the same then or maybe ex- more expensive than last year or do you remember? Probably the same to probably a tad more expensive for me. Hmm. Thing is with, you know how airlines say they have all these sales? Yeah. You ever see yeah. Yeah. We've got sales. There has never been a sale ever on your route, on my route, ever. Yeah. Because people just have to get to Buffalo, so there's such a demand. <laughs> right. Yeah, what are you going to No, if you're going, you're going to have to pay. I mean, where where all the people go where there's a demand, uh, you know, that's where the cheapest airline flights are, Florida. Right. You should ask, you know, all your family members to move to North Dakota. <laughs> no, that's even harder. No. Uh, I have to take a small regional airline if I want to land somewhere in North yeah, Dakota. Right. One of the smaller planes. Did I, you know, I haven't been on one of the small regional planes in ages. Uh, Remember the, 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 the uh, what is it called? The, Embraer, Embraers, whatever. I've, yeah. I've been on one of them. Everyone has been it over has the last been a couple moment. of years. Everyone's been an Airbus or a Yeah, or even a the Boeing. regional, uh, the route that for one trip that I fly each year used to have the small regional, and now it's not. I don't know that I notice. I mean, you know, that, that we were no longer taking it but it's been several years a few years at least yeah i don't remember the last time hmm. trying to think, when was the last time i took a propeller plane <laughs> oh, excuse me a wind-powered plane <laughs> <laughs> i still want to do that someday i really believe that we have such an ignorant society that yeah. i could sit there and say we need to go back to the old wind power planes and have, you know, a, a, a plane with four propellers on that, you know, these things are such, you know, you know, conserve energy like you can't believe because they're wind powered. And I could get what percentage of Americans could I get to believe that? Uh I'm going to say 20. 20%? Okay. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I'd say 20%. I was going to say, I yeah. think I could convince 20% of people. I think you could hit 20. That we need to go back. These jet engines are just destroying the environment. We need to get back to the wind-powered planes. Yeah. I. <laughs> well, we saw the rendering. Uh, it was a rendering of a a cargo ship. This is going to be different. It's going to be wind-powered. <laughs> you mean a sailboat? 
We have those. Wind-powered, which is how I started my new industry, solar-powered tanning beds. You know the other thing, too, that I'm seeing disappear? Mm. Now, I've flown for years, so I'm a premium flyer. Mm-hmm. I think this year, again, I will get second to the whatever the top classification is for American. They got, you know, platinum super duper, and I'm platinum super <laughs> without the duper. You so, haven't moved I mean, up to duper yet. And so for years, <laughs> I've gone in the premium line, which is a shorter line, which many times is is shorter than TSA. The TSA line right. is more crowded than the premium line. So I haven't done the TSA thing. Right, right. Well, I don't. it's not here yet at DFW where I fly. They still have the premium lines. But in Buffalo, they got rid of them and put in the clear where you pay $189 if you want to move quicker through. And so they're doing that, I think, at some of the smaller airports where they don't have the room where they had the premium flyer line. Now, for example, in Tampa, whenever I fly out of Tampa, hmm. they don't have – there is no premium line to go in. If you're flying out of American, out of Tampa, right. you just you just go in the regular line. There are, right. There's a TSA line, and then mm. there's a regular line, but they don't have the premium line. So I have a you feeling. You mean a TSA pre-check? Pre-check, yeah, yeah what, I, what yeah. I say. Well, you didn't say pre-check, but yeah, yeah, TSA. Yeah, line. The yeah. T- yeah, the TSA. They're all pre-check. TSA lines. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the pre-check. The TSA pre-check lines, and then the regular lines, they don't have any you know, premium flyer lines, so they took it out of Buffalo, and it was funny because – I walked up last time, and I was flying with my brother back here, and uh, uh, and uh, and I said, I walk up, I go, is this a premium line? They go, no, we got rid of it. Mm. I said, you've had had com- some complaints. I go, massive complaints, because they basically said, well, if you're a premium flyer and you want to get through faster now, then you have to pay $189 a year. And then some of the airports that have the clear now that mm. you have to – and what they do is it's – I don't think they do the same kind of, of check that uh, TSA pre-check does, right. a background check. You just have to show your license. Right. They scan your eye or your fingerprint, and they have a special eye scanner or fingerprint, and then you move to a different section, and they claim it's faster than TS, TSA pre-check, but TSA pre-check just because – so many people have gotten aboard on that at times was much longer than the premium line, which now airports are starting to eliminate, which means you're a premium flyer. You fly so much that you've gained status where they give you that as a as a uh, uh, bonus. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. And then, for example, at, DF, at DFW, I went, well, they still got the premium lines. I go, well, they have clear at DFW, one terminal, and that's it. Mm. E. That nobody flies out of. Right. That's where they have clear right. at every gate that you pay 189 bucks for. Now, if you've ever flown out of Dallas, we have five terminals. And yeah. you take the monorail that goes above the airport. <laughs> you you take that everywhere. And so it's a uh, small city. And they're building a sixth terminal is coming up. Because, number one, we don't have enough construction, and number two, the (laughs) airport isn't big enough. It's insane. It is a big airport. Yeah. Well, and and the flights that I take, um, it's actually been 
pretty smooth. I can't remember the last time. Actually, I can. Uh, it was a vacation flight where I actually had to stand in line and the line wasn't moving pretty smoothly. And it was a vacation flight. And typically, you know, I mean, in certain weeks, like the week of the 4th or uh, that was getting, I think that was close to Labor Day. Uh, in fact, I, I'm sure it was. And when there are families flying, that's when it slows down a bit. Orlando is crazy to fly out of. Have you ever flown out of Orlando? Because of Ye- Disney World. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because of Disney World. In fact, if you don't Twice. have if you don't have if you don't have an infant stroller, that's when TSA takes you aside and says, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> well, the funny thing is, as soon as you hit, like back, it was Memorial Day weekend this year, because a lot of schools get out earlier. Yeah. And when I grew up in New York, you got out in June, but mm-hmm. that's when the kid. And you could tell the difference. I mean, it was all of a sudden the kids were all yeah, over the place. Right. And as somebody who flies all the time, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, I, we, we should ban all kids from flying. I, <laughs> I made the mistake. My wife and I went to – I booked it, and so it's it's my fault. But my, my wife and I went to Vegas one time. Actually, the last time we went to Vegas was uh, the end of May, close to Memorial Day weekend. And me – with my tiny brain not thinking, you know, that's when college, you know, classes and or college graduation, whatever. So it was tons of young people. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Vegas that crowded because typically I would go at a, we would go at a quieter time of year. And I just wasn't thinking at all. And they were, I didn't see anything, you know, that was crazy. It's just there were so many college age kids in that town that year. I was like, okay, we what, won't do this again. What I've seen recently, it's almost as if, and again, I mean, when you, when you fly during the the holidays or the summer, it's a little bit different. But even when I flew a couple of weeks ago, I was amazed the number of people that get, you know, they get the extra check because in their backpacks, whatever, they got a quarter water right. or a huge water bottle. And they, it's like, you don't know this, right? You, you don't know. And they go, well, I, I can't carry my own water in. No, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's it's a, and that's why I believe I could convince at least twenty percent of the people of a wind powered plane because you have had the same rules and regulations in now really post nine eleven right for liquids. Yeah, it's been the yeah. same thing yeah. for over two decades. Right, and the number of people. I, there were three people just in the line that I was in that all got pulled over. I sat there after I got, you know, checked. I was went over and was sitting on a couch, putting the shoes back on and the belt and everything else. Because when you get to be my age, it becomes a production. Yeah, right. To strip down and then put everything back on again. <laughs> but I'm just watching three different people in two different lines. Both had huge, they said, you can't carry this. One person had a huge water bottle. You know, one of the big ones you buy? Right. And yeah. They stuff it in there, and it's like, I mean, I can't carry it in? No. I've taken, one time I took uh, one of the metal insulated mugs, empty, 
in my carry-on because I was going to be at an outdoor event for like three or four days in the heat. And so I took one with me and, you know, I just, you know, I said, do you want me to take this out? It's empty. It was in my backpack. Like, No, no problem. But I've seen it. Oh, yeah, you're fine if you've got nothing in it. I, I saw a guy, this wasn't too long ago, a two-liter bottle of soda. <laughs> I know. Those, He's the, throwing the it in the ones. trash going, I can't believe this. <laughs> really? Well, no, and then no, then they get very upset. I can't believe I can't carry my... Right. Well, I, I, you don't know this? Yeah, and a lot of right, people yeah. don't. I mean, I, the, that's the thing is, you, know, you and I have talked about this before, the majority of people don't fly. Yeah. We think they do, but the majority of people... Don't well. They may fly. They don't fly that often. Yeah, you know, and I, and I keep forgetting that because I fly all the time, and so you just you know all the rules, and you realize people that don't fly have no idea what the rules are. Well, you know, the, and I saw someone they this time of year travel experts, right? Uh, but he was saying, and also if you're taking gifts now to give to someone, you know, because some people go on Thanksgiving and they can't get back for Christmas. So they go, mm-hmm. you know, either, either, or they don't go to both. So they'll, they'll pack gifts and it's like, all right, put that in your, on your check on luggage. Don't not in your carry on. The The point being is that there are a lot of gifts, unique gifts where they're going to have to screen that bag a couple of times. Cause they're going to look at, they're going to open everything. Mm-hmm. They're going to, Put it in your check-on luggage. Yeah, I... Uh, they they will go through that, by the way. TSA may yeah. go through that, spot checks, but it won't disrupt the line, the TSA line. Right, exactly. Well, I used to carry my... When I used to bring my golf clubs. I haven't I haven't checked baggage in over 10 years. Really? I refuse to check Really? Baggage. Yeah, refuse to do it. And so... Uh, because uh, of the weight... The weight. Yo, the, you, you, at... at your destination? Oh, yeah. the, the, especially you get back to DFW. The wait can be 45 minutes. DFW's probably the longest wait of any yeah. any place I've gone. Yeah. And I have to check on luggage because I carry so much for our business trips. Yeah. I have to do. No, so I there's a rule. Nobody get, There's still, you know, some kind of trinket gifts that my sister gives me that are still sitting at my dad's house. She says, yeah. you have it? I said, no, I'll take them back one at a time, but I'm not going to. Everything, everything gets put into my carry-on bag. So what happens is during the summer, where I just pack a few, you know, shorts and t-shirts, whatever to go back, maybe a couple of golf shirts. But I've got a set of clubs at my dad's house. Yeah. So you don't have to check it on. Yeah, a set of clubs there, and I really to the point where if I go anywhere else, if I'm just going to go golfing, unless it's a golf trip, if it's a golf trip, I'll bring my clubs. Yeah. Because you want your own clubs. But if I'm going somewhere just to golf with some buddies, I'll call the golf course and say you've got clubs to rent if yeah. it's just you know it doesn't really matter if i go right. somewhere for a week on a golf vacation which i've never done but if i did that i would bring my own clubs yeah yeah so yeah. just because you're used to them and you can hit them better right but uh yeah i just i refuse to check baggage i stopped that a long time ago and get in i would right. love to not have to because you're right it is dfw is oh. coming home and by the time you know you're home, it's like okay, you're exhausted. You don't want to sit there and wait. And and I have it down actually with with American, yeah. That they most of the time they'll land in 
Terminal A, my trip from Buffalo. Once in a while, they won't. But about 80% of the time, they do. Mm -hmm. So I walk out. I walk out of the plane, across the hallway, across the little road. There's my vehicle. Right, yeah. Seriously, within 45 seconds... Many times, I'm after I get off the plane, I'm at my vehicle, yeah, and I'm out of the airport. You know, less than five minutes after my plane, right? You know, actually opened its door right, <laughs> to right. to allow people out, right? And I like that, yeah. And I just cannot wait because I've waited forty five minutes for my luggage at DFW at times. It's just oh, we were coming back from a truck show one night, and we were delayed by weather, and they told us the baggage handlers had been sent home. They went home for the night. It was like one o'clock in the morning. We waited two hours. Oh, it was wow. not good. Eight six six ninety red eye. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer, such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, poll after poll after poll coming out, not favorable towards Biden. And we've said this before. Look, it's, it's uh, well, we're getting closer to being 11 months out. <laughs> but uh, when you, uh, as we said, we never look at a poll and say, well, that's absolute. But you do look at the consistency of a number of polls. And uh, I guess the NBC poll uh, that uh, came out, well, we'll let you hear it from the folks who actually took the poll or the media huh. on All that right. coming up. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for uh, being here uh, this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Just reading here, CNN Politics, Joe Biden facing a near historic deficit for an incumbent. Electoral analysis, myself included. This is uh, Harry Enton from uh, CNN. Hmm. 
uh, like to cover our behinds. We use words like may and could to make sure we don't get too far ahead of ourselves, uh-huh. especially when examining the polls of a potential 2024 general election matchup between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. But the truth is that Trump has a small but clear advantage over Biden right now. This makes Biden just the second president since scientific polling began to trail in his reelection bid at this point in the campaign. Now that, yeah. that could mean a lot or it could be nothing. <laughs> sure. That's, that's the thing. But you look at it right now. Inflation is not going to get any better. Nope. As we know, not going to happen. The, the inflation rate may come down, but inflation, the, the prices you see now are only going to be higher for most of the things that you buy. Some things will right. go down. Gas right. will fluctuate as we know up and down. Sure. Uh, and I was having a conversation with a family member over the weekend about that, saying, you know, you have to keep in mind, because we're having the, it, it was in the context of the general conversation that you and I have had a number of times on the show about how the next generation is going to afford anything. Especially when they're, you know, far too many of them are quiet quitters. I mean, rent is skyrocketing. Everything. And we're not going to see deflation. Let's hope we don't see deflation because the only true time we've seen that where it's a massive drop was the Great Depression. And so, you know, you'll see maybe some things come down, as you mentioned. Uh, And if we go through a recession, there might be some, you know, a little bit of, of a dip. But it's not true deflation because long term... The target rate is 2%. That means if they do everything right, uh, it will be 2% higher. The prices will be on the average 2% higher than they are now. So prices aren't coming down. And, you know, I thought about it over the weekend, too, while I was having that conversation with a family member. I thought the GOP needs to be saying that, too. Saying, look, we want to we want to make the economy better, but things are so bad. The rate of inflation may be coming down, but prices aren't coming down. And what we want to do is we want to make it more competitive in the marketplace. We want all the makers of the products and providers of services. We want them to be competing at a greater level and get the government out of it. We want to do away with so much costly regulation. But it seems like it's not shaping up. I don't hear that message from the GOP. I don't hear, I don't even know what message I hear from the GOP right now. I really don't. I mean, you can hear from the House. You can hear, well, we need to, we're going to have to rein in spending. We're going to have to do these things. But that falls on deaf ears right now. I guess in the NBC News poll, they, I don't think Trump has ever beaten Biden in an NBC poll. And he does in this one. Wow. Uh, let me get it here. Let me let me get uh, some. This is from uh, uh, yesterday, NBC, talking about presidential polling. Mm. 
Here we go. Let's start with the bottom line here. President Biden, what is his job approval rating? We measure it now at 40% with 57% disapproving the significance. That is the lowest President Biden has ever measured in our poll in terms of job approval. And just look at the sea change from the start of this year. Remember, early this year, Democrats coming off a strong 2022 midterm. He was almost even. Now he's 17 points underwater on this question. Significant dip there, Steve. It, it is. And you can actually, if you take a look here by party, I think it's significant for two reasons. One, independence, obviously, more than two to one disapprove. You don't want to be there as an incumbent president. But I think equally significant, no surprise, 7% of Republicans approve of Joe Biden's job performance. But three times as many Democrats, 21%, that's more than one in five, say they disapprove. You need much more unified support in your own party if you're going to have a successful reelection. Uh, and play this other audio cut uh, too here from uh, that same conversation. We mentioned the drop in that approval rating in the connection to the Middle East, and here it is. On foreign policy, 33% approve of Joe Biden's job performance. Just in September, we asked the same question, and it was 41.53. These numbers surprised our own pollsters, Steve, with one saying he cannot remember a time when a foreign entanglement that didn't involve U.S. troops had the capacity to transform the electorate, and that's not the case in this poll. No, and it, go even a step further on this one. I think this jumps out at you, too. Overall, this is the handling of the Israel-Hamas war, and again, it kind of measures overall uh, up with Biden's uh, foreign policy approval, but look at this. Among the oldest group of voters, 65-plus, mm. there's a majority who approve of how J Biden is handling this. That's plus 12. Look at the youngest group of voters. 20 approve, 70% disapprove. He is 50 points underwater with the youngest group of voters. That is a 62-point net swing between youngest and oldest on this topic of Israel-Hamas. Now, we talk about, because you know, this is, and it's a legit question, is the younger generation just that radically left where Joe Biden and the Democratic Party doesn't satisfy them anymore? Which then you would ask the, the, the question that if you have a Cornell West run or you have the uh, Jill Stein, uh, well, Cornell West is running, and, and Jill Stein also, will they be able to actually pull uh, from, from, uh, from uh, uh, Biden mm. and maybe Kennedy half and half, who knows. But then I saw this mm. because you're trying to figure out where young people are. And this is the Wall Street Journal, uh, Catherine uh, Lucy Ken Thomas column. Biden keeps talking about the old days. Young voters don't like it. He's losing support among millennials and Generation Z. I think the fact that he continues to reference politicians that Gen Z may not relate to definitely puts him out of touch, uh, said a sophomore at Emory University in Atlanta and president of the Young Democrats of Emory College. Youth voting increased significantly in 2020 among voters ages 18 to 29. Biden beat former President Donald Trump by 24 percentage points. Here's the important part, but the NBC poll released Sunday showed that in a hypothetical matchup between Biden and Trump, the likely Republican nominee, Trump, got 46% of voters aged 18 to 34, and Biden got 42%. Hmm. The poll found that Biden's approval rating fell to 31% among voters 
18 to 34, and 70 percent of those younger voters disapproved of the president's handling of the war in the Middle East. Well, they may have radical pro-terrorist, as we have seen some of the polling of younger people specifically on the issues, which makes them pro-Hamas and pro-terrorists. Right. Yeah. But is that what's driving them or is it inflation? Because Trump is beating Biden in the NBC poll among well, 18 to 24 year olds. That's it, 18 what, to 34 year olds. Yeah. And that's that's the energy of the Democratic Party right there. That demographic. You know, that's that's what they're all, you know, that's why they always try and go out and get the the celebrity endorsements and everything else. They it, it is that's what you want. You want that group motivated. Look, I I there's no doubt that there that inflation is having an impact. But and and maybe my viewpoint here is skewed because of what we do for a living. But the radical left that's primarily that demographic. And so I tend to believe that they're wanting someone more radical or or someone who can push through, get through the radical agenda. Let's keep in mind, though, that Joe Biden from day one did not hesitate. It was boom, 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 boom. And I forget if it was Washington Post or New York Times wrote, uh, wrote after a few weeks, slow your roll. Don't roll out so many executive orders so quickly on the agenda. And he's been, in in his actions, very radical. But the question is, though, <laughs> is are they wanting the full-on radicalization of the White House? And I mean, you know, forget about you know, this executive order, that executive order, if you look at how radical the far left is right now, and you don't have to look far in case you haven't seen it, then is that next step, I mean, even beyond a Newsom, because everyone's talking about Newsom, you know, his shadow campaign or whatever you want to call it. Even Biden. Yeah, even Biden. But... The fact is, he went to Israel and came back. And remember what he said about it. This is no longer, you know, a theoretical discussion or whatever that, you know, this is real. Saying basically he was he was appalled by what but what by what he saw that Hamas did. Well, the far left doesn't want any of that. They, they don't want any of that at all. So I, I don't know. I tend to believe that, I mean, if I'm going to put a dollar on that bet, that age group wants someone more radical. Inflation is having an impact. But my question is, if you know, because you're not in the earnings. How does tr- explain how Trump leads 18 to 34? Right. How yeah. radical can they be? Because on the issues, as we've said before. Trump is a moderate, mm-hmm. not a radical in any way. Right. He may he may speak in a way that if you are the opposite party, you will claim that he's in this incredible radical. Right. right. But on the issues, he's not. 18 to 34-year-olds 
preferred Trump. I don't know the last time that happened in a presidential election with a Republican that a Republican candidate has led by four points. Right. And to be clear, I I was talking more in the realm of a, what would you call it, uh, primary, not primary against Biden. Oh, okay. Of of what they want out of a Democrat. And and it's a hard read. It's really hard to know. It's a hard read. But if 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 you've got young energy that is willing, here's what I would say. For the ones that are saying, no, I would choose Trump. Well, well, we talked about Michael Rappaport. And that video he put out on his social media the other day, we can't play it because of the language, but not a fan of Trump. Not a fan of Trump at all. Diehard liberal up until, I don't know, the last year and a half, two years. Could we be seeing that kind of thing Barry, Barry more Weiss. and more? Yeah. Saying, well, if it comes down to Biden or Trump, I'm voting for Trump. 86690-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I was reading here in the Wall Street Journal where they're talking about that some Democrat operatives are saying, yeah, but uh, most people aren't seeing the speeches that Joe Biden is making. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah, they are. <laughs> and and that the whole the whole headline of the story is they don't like the way he refers to the past all the time. There's nothing for them to relate to. I think it's something <laughs> even simpler than that. Mm. And it's simply body language. And the fact is they talk about how the Democrats are trying to reach the 18 to 34-year-old online. Well, that's where the Biden clips go viral. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's and, bad. And if you look if you look at him, if you look at Biden and you see him shuffling around, you said that uh, uh, somebody was saying last week that, you know, after he's done speaking, he looks like uh, one of the automatic uh, floor cleaners out there. Yeah, he turns into a Roomba after right. he turns around and, from a speech. And and we're not saying that out of we're not saying that out of jest or joking or anything. It's simply the fact that he is losing his cognitive abilities. They won't admit it. The campaign won't admit it. We all know that's the case. He's lost up there many times. And I think you know you you and I look at it, but we're older. How does a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old look at that when you have inflation the way that it is? You know, you may have a significant portion of young people Mm. that don't have a clue as to what's going on in Israel. And so they're taking insane pro-Hamas, pro-terrorism positions because they're ignorant on it. They just hear, you know, somebody screaming that at campus. But you can't hide inflation from every, anybody. Right. Everybody feels inflation. This is Red Eye Radio. 
on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Well, we did uh, we did come uh, to a a plan. We've got we've got a plan for Dad's potatoes. All right. So I told you last week. Uh, uh, Dad has always made the potatoes, and okay. Uh, last year, I just don't remember what happened. I think my sister helped him. I don't know where I was. I know the year before I did it, and yeah. so uh, got a call from my sister the other day. Uh, I'm on call, you know, because my dad's just. You know, he makes all the mashed potatoes and used to peel them and everything else. Uh, we're going to peel, do everything on, on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I'm going to be with him as he directs. From We have a director's chair where he can sit in the kitchen and he'll just tell me what to do. Perfect. So I talked to him yesterday. He was all for it. So yeah, he still will have his hand in making his famous mashed potatoes. Nice. Hopefully, I don't blow it. He'll be telling me what to do. He will be he will be the directing chef. Well, <laughs> I have full confidence because he's involved. <laughs> and it honestly, is, and it is just mashed potatoes. Well, <laughs> I was going to throw in some some. Everybody's using pro tips. Hey, here's a pro tip. Well, that's not pro tip. You can just say tip, unless you're actually a professional. So I'll just say this, a non-pro tip. I was going to throw in something. Make sure you, nah, your dad's got it. He'll tell you. He's got it. He's got he'll it. He'll, yeah. he'll have it done. He seemed, he seemed extremely confident. Yeah. It's just, you know, his back is, his back is bad, and it's just it's, tough for him to move around. I'll He's tell 97. you, I, I bought, oh, man, this goes back five or six years ago. These, um, they're better than memory foam mats to stand on for your kitchen and they're rubber mats and they're, Mm. they're very thick. So you put them in front of the sink, in front of the, uh, in front of the stove, you know, where the women are. I'm out of this one. (laughs) I'm out of this one. You put them because my biggest problem is it's a joke. My biggest problem is my back. You know, your dad's 97. You know, and I'm not I'm not 97, but standing up while you're cooking oh. and prepping everything and standing oh. over the the stove or the sink or the whatever and those 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 um they they're like floor mats. They're made for the kitchen. They've been a lifesaver. Uh and they never They've they've never worn down. They've never worn out, and so you know that's what I have to use. But man, the back pain is real. The back pain is real. Yeah, I have that. I mean, I I can uh, 
I can golf. I can walk. I can yeah. I can ride the bike. I can swim. If I I'm can moving, do a bunch of stuff. Right. But the toughest thing to do is stand. Stand there and while you're doing and, something. Yeah. And you know something? All, yeah. A lot of these bands that I like play in clubs, but they're they've been around for a while. Yeah. So they know their audience is older. Right. And they're playing in places where you can only stand. Yeah. Yeah, they we're, need to fix that. We're old. <laughs> what about our civil right. rights? Exactly. Our civil rights to sit. Where are the recliners? <laughs> I like going that. to a Tool concert <laughs> in the spring with my son. It's uh, Maynard, the lead singer. It's his 60th celebration. And so he's going to have all of his bands that he's in, all three of his bands that he's in, uh, and Primus. And, the, and it's going to be multiple musicians on the stage all night huge thing but i told myself i told my son i said look i i'm probably going to stand up and you know i'm not going to mosh not going to get close to the mosh. <laughs> i don't even know if there will be one at this show i have no idea uh at a tool show yes but a perfect circle and and plus for i it, 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 and so and also some of the things that they do it's just a, a he did it for his 50th birthday and i didn't go to that but i've watched the videos from it it's it's incredible but i need to sit down <laughs> and when i when i go to see former uh genesis guitarist steve hackett in yeah. april that i got my t- that's at the majestic okay in dallas so that's yeah. like that's like being in a concert that that's like a concert hall a concert kind of hall i mean that's so a nice plush seats and he and that's the type of music it's perfect Perfect setting. Yes. Perfect, perfect type of artist. Nice, nice seat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm all set for that. <laughs> right. But I, I, we need to fight for our sit down rights. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Young person gets up and you, and you scream at him, Hey, and, kid, there's no moshing here. But and then the but, kid says, I'm just going to the bathroom. But then when I sit down, well, you don't be involved in that type of musical insurrection. Mm-hmm. Don't be a part of that era. Yeah, exactly. Don't get up front and be part of that. Uh, but um, you ever see the one? You ever been to a show where there's only one person in front standing? Yeah, I and mean, they stand yeah, the yeah. whole show, they, like yeah, and then which is distracting for the artist. I had an artist tell me that actually one time because I don't know how we got to that conversation, but they were telling me. Yeah, there's a few shows because they're doing an acoustic. It's James Taylor or somebody, <laughs> you know, and, and Allison Krauss. You know what I mean? It's like a it's a more subdued setting. And then there's the one person up there just, you know, yay, standing up front. Yeah, no, sit down. You know, it's weird uh, when I went. Uh, this goes back about 12 years ago and the Canadian band. um uh, it was the the lead singer who died of brain cancer, mm. Gord Downey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had played in. It was summertime. He had played in Buffalo, where they're hugely popular, mm. forty thousand people. Yeah, and I was. Pee, 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 pee.
Buffalo, Detroit, uh, Windsor. Yeah, sure. A couple of people from Northern Tier or yeah, all, all close nor- to the Canadian border. All Canadian, all yeah, all bo- all border cities. Because you went in there, all you saw was you know when you when you go there, that's how you know. Yeah, because you'll sit there and you'll see so, uh, Chicago. You saw Chicago because the the hip were actually big in Chicago, mm-hmm. and they you know, were. And, I mean, I knew of the name. I didn't, you know, I didn't. There, like you said, there was not any radio airplay, so you kind of had to be in. You know, on yeah. it, but uh, but I did know of their name, but you know, I mean, so well, they ended up being one of the most popular bands in Buffalo. I mean, yeah, yeah, but and Buffalo Radio didn't play them, right? It was mm. Toronto Radio, yeah, that wow. played them, and then mm. boom, you know, they just they just they got they got big there. Now Detroit, you had the Windsor stations right there, yeah, that would that would blast yeah. it. So they were big. I think one of their live <sighs> concerts was in in Dallas too. Mm. At one of the big arenas because it sounds pretty impressive when you hear it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, but twelve people. It shows you the difference in radio wow. when you. Well, now things are different now because that goes back over twenty years ago. Hmm. And so with now with the we with the uh, the, the internet. I mean, if you're, you got to be a decent comedian to begin with, but, um, but you start work and then all of a sudden, because of your podcast, you're selling out, you know, uh, shows on the, on the weekend. So, uh, it is interesting to see that dynamic of how I, who did I talk to? Uh, I think it was the band, the country band, little Texas years ago. And we sat down, we did a, a long podcast together, and I, I said, okay, there's this dynamic of, this, of the whole social media thing. So your fans are right there all day, every day, 24-7. You know, you're communicating with them where it used to be, you know, back in our day. All right, you put out a, you know, an album, a CD, you put out a cassette, uh, and you... Then you would go on the road and promote. They would have to go to radio stations. <laughs> they still do this. But, you know, you have to go to a radio station and promote. I mean, that goes all the way back to, my gosh, Loretta Lynn, um, Elvis, or or any of the, the artists from way, way back. You would just tour around as you were doing shows. You would go do. And that kept going for a long time. It's still going on, but social media now explodes. Then if you've got any social media following whatsoever, then you can promote those shows 24-7. And, and in talking with uh, Little Texas, they were like, you know, we never really looked at it that way. But, yeah, that's actually what's going on. This was, again, probably, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Well, you know, so I've always followed the country. I'm not a huge country f- uh, fan. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. I mean, because I don't think – a lot of modern country is actually country. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I was a fan of the the band of the '90s, Blackhawk, that came yeah. from Henry Paul and uh, Dave Robbins. But Henry Paul, who was a member of the Outlaws back in the '70s, right. Greengrass and High Tides and everything else, and 
And so I I think they they're I think they're genius in what they do because there's nobody left in the outlaws except Henry Paul. Hmm. I think Monty Yoho, the drummer, he retired a couple of years ago. It's only one member. Right. And they go on tour. Well, it's basically like seeing Skinner. You're not really seeing Skinner. Mm, right. You know, without Huey Thomason, who sang Greengrass in High Tides. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, okay, how much of the outlaws are they? But they're still a great, great musicians and great harmonies. Right. But Blackhawk and the outlaws are the same band. Yeah. Right. And so yeah, yeah. they'll actually one night play the Outlaws and next night play Blackhawk. <laughs> I mean, they got this thing figured out. Right. And I remember the Charlie Daniels, remember the volunteer jam or whatever they oh, had. Yeah. To, yeah. Charlie, I'll never forget. It was an outdoor show. I can't remember where it was. And it was that night, it was like the Outlaws or Blackhawk opening for the Outlaws. <laughs> it was the same damn band. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So they they yeah. play the Blackhawk tunes. And, Thank you very much. Uh, you know, country, more countryish, great harmonies, right? Yeah, but yeah. I, so I, when I saw them last year, buddy, go yeah, come on, you're going to be in town. Comes at the Outlaws. There were less than 200 people there. Right. My yeah. God, remember when they used to open for the Stones and mm-hmm. everything else? They mm-hmm. were so big. Yet there was Blackhawk, which is the same band. Singing the Star Spangled Banner for the Pittsburgh Steelers game last week. Mm. That went viral because oh, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, right. In there because their harmonies are just excellent. I'm like, hmm, maybe that'll maybe that'll get you know a little their... bit of a revival. Maybe. Yeah, because yeah. I I love his I love like black. I've actually become more of a fan of Blackhawk than I ever was the Outlaws. Not yeah. that I don't yeah. love didn't love the harmonies they had, but their harmonies are so incredibly. good. Good. This is what really I are. love about the Eagles and you yes. know over the years. Yep. Same and the thing. fact that Vince Gill is with the Eagles, it was a perfect fit. Yeah. Perfect yeah. fit. I there aren't a lot of I've I've as and I've as gotten older, I've really, really become a fan of bands that do incredible great harmony. Oh yeah. by the yeah. way, yeah. Um uh what is it? Uh Daryl's house is back. I saw that. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And who's one of the first artists they have on? Who did I see the other? Robert day? Fripp. Yes. From King Crimson. I'm like, what? Well, and, and they go into they go into some of the eclectic stuff and it's Daryl Hall and I'm like I loved everything that he did in the in the the first incarnation of it. Right. You know, cuz I think some of the stuff when he was on with Cheap Cheap Turk was great. Right. The right. spinners were great. Yeah. You know, this I was it the spinners or the OJs or both. But they were they were just mm-hmm. fantastic, mm-hmm. just incredible. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, who's going to do next? I go, Robert Fripp from King Crimson, Daryl Hall, and he pulls it off. Well, it's just and, and it's relevant because Fripp and his wife are doing these viral videos every week where they do a cover of a, a song, and uh, she's apparently scantily clad. When I saw Fripp, I was like, why would the? And I I typed it in and. All the videos came up on YouTube from he and his I, wife, and they put them out, I don't know, every week, every month, whatever. I didn't know that. Yeah, and so it's relevant. And by the way, as a guitarist, I mean, he nails all those, he nails all, all the cover tunes. I looked at all the reviews, and it was like, man, he can play anything. Yeah. You know? And it was funny, because on the, the song that I saw, I didn't see the whole show, just a song on YouTube, um, Daryl Hall's playing piano. Yeah. Yeah, in a King yeah. Crimson tune. Yeah, what in the world? I mean, what? I don't need acid. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. This is reality. Right. Exactly. 
but uh, it was really it was really good. But yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, coming up, uh, what state is dubbed the least free state? And more on some of the election polling out there and what Democrats are scared of. Mm. All coming up, 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Just uh, reading here, there's a uh, uh, in the hill.com, Democrats fear that one simple question will doom Biden. And it's something that, you know, we have, we warned the Democrats about a long, long uh, uh, time ago. And they talk about David Axelrod and the president, you know, coming back uh, at him. And he said, regardless of that spat, the Democrat operatives were not interested in any of it, nor were they interested in debating Biden's age nor his cognitive abilities. I don't care about any of those things, one of the Democrat operatives told TheHill.com. They honestly don't matter in relation to the question, the question that Biden is going to flunk and lose. The question these Democrat operatives feared uh, feared is, mm. <laughs> were you better off four years ago than you are now? End of quote. That's the though, that's what the biggest mover right now, I think, of anything that motivates any voter. Now, in the past, it's kind of fallen empty, in my opinion. Now, because people love to look back and go, oh, man, it was so much better. It was so much better on a small scale. But when you look at inflation where it is right now, if you took a poll of Americans and said, would you like the economy to be what it was in 2018, 2019? It would be. 150 percent yes <laughs> <laughs> well except for those 14 percent that say joe biden has made them better off remember uh-huh, the poll from right. last week yeah yeah 86 percent not though which yeah. is you can't get more landslide well, numbers those 14 percent were populated by members of the biden family <laughs> and he has made them a lot better off <laughs> And the, But the thing is, all these Democrat operatives that are saying, that's the question that he can't answer. Uh-huh. Well, you were supporting him when he did all the moves to spend all the money right. that created this. I don't remember any Democratic opposition to any of the spending nope. bills. Do nope. you? Nope. We'll get to more coming up.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, I, I, I sit and I look at the analysis from the Hill.com of Democrat operatives that they talked, and they said, we don't care about his age. We don't care about his cognitive abilities. The only thing is he can't pass the question, Biden, were you off? Were you better off four years ago than you are now? Mm-hmm. Are you are you better off now than you were four years ago? Yeah, yeah. And the fact is, they can't have that question. Nobody can ask that question because they can't answer it because nobody buys it. They've been out there. I mean, you and I have talked about how often Biden is out there selling the same old thing that they can't sell. Mm-hmm. Now he's had a problem with this since the very beginning of his presidency. When on day one with all the executive orders, we saw the massive increase in illegal immigration in the spring and summer of 21, which then he blamed on Trump. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. Nope. So that point that he has been trying to sell to the American public didn't work. Trying to tell the people, we, we know the evolution of the defense of inflation which started out in the administration. Remember this. We have long memories. Inflation is good. Yeah. Because it means people are spending more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They actually said that. Yes. And, and so at that particular point, it's just got worse from, from that, that point that they say, okay, let's talk about the employment. And we said from the very beginning, well, you anybody who has a, wants a job, really wants a job, has a job. Right. Because of the labor force, because we don't have the birth. It's finally, after COVID, it finally hit up with us that we had said was going to happen. Remember, and we always bring this up just so people note that Trump in his biggest back and forth with uh, uh, Jim Acosta from CNN, when they finally kicked Jim Acosta out, was on this where Trump was saying we have to have legal immigration in order to fuel our economy. We don't. We're going to be enough. creating so many jobs. Right. We're going to need more people coming here, and we don't have them inside the country because of the birth rate. It just does not exist anymore, and and so. Um, when you uh, when you go when you sit there and you start talking about you know that we're creating jobs, it's like that doesn't relate to people. It might relate if they're in a re- if we're in a recession, but to sit there and try to use that as a deflection point against inflation, and we warned if you've been a long time listener to the show, we warned the administration about spending. We warned the administration, the Biden administration about the incredible COVID spending and how it could lead to inflation. We did it, and then the Obama economists did it. They didn't care. Democrats still don't care. No, no. About increasing, no. drastically increasing the debt. If they had the numbers on Capitol Hill, you'd be have you'd have Bernie Sanders and AOC. Think about that. AOC in the House, Bernie Sanders in the Senate, spending... My gosh, who knows how much trillions of dollars. And it's it's at the point now 
that I think so much they want to. I think people want to see somebody who's actually in control, and and also well, see the effects of uh, an administration that is in control in their everyday lives. I I don't know how much people think, uh, you know, about um, uh, how a president, any president, is affecting their life day to day in the past. But if you compare four years ago to now, but especially when you go back to pre-COVID, you go back to pre-COVID, man, people dream oh, of yeah. pre-COVID. But it's all inflation. Yep. Inflation is, and we said from the very, if you've been a long time listening to the show, we always said inflation's worse than a bad recession because inflation impacts everyone and it doesn't matter if you have a job. Sometimes it doesn't matter if you have a job and get another job. Mm -hmm. You still can't keep up with the massive increase in costs that we have seen where so many things are unaffordable and have driven people to take money out of their 401ks to really up their credit card debt. There's nothing good about it at all. And then you sit back and you look at the politicians out there. And we mentioned, you know, about the about uh, Cassidy and Lindsey Graham, Cassidy from uh, Louisiana and Lindsey Graham from South Carolina proposing the bill to put tariffs on all countries that have a higher carbon footprint than we have. This is Republicans, Mm -hmm. which would be a tariff. And they're saying, we're going to put a tariff on and therefore United States products will be produced, which means you plan on raising the cost of all these goods. And as the Wall Street Journal pointed out, a lot of these things America really doesn't make anymore. We don't have the potential to ramp it up. So it will skyrocket the cost. There still doesn't seem to be enough seriousness in the left or even, for my satisfaction, the right as to how prices can destroy your chance of winning an election and how it hurts an economy. It doesn't seem it's like they've been focused so long on job creation and we haven't seen inflation in such a long time where they just don't view it as the problem that it is as you and I were talking about the other day the number of Congress people that can't afford homes or an apartment in Washington. So they're sleeping in their offices, including from the report, the current Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, who they say is sleeping in his office. They go, they sleep in their office, they shower there, they have beds in their office, they've got mattresses. I and heard so, that and uh, so, Jim Jordan sleeps on a bench outside. That could be a rumor, <laughs> but so, so they they feel the inflation, but they don't they don't react. They for some reason they refuse to accept the fact that this is a huge driver because nothing matters more than the price of things. Well, that's it. it things every single day you're making some level of purchase. And it's coming back at you going, what the hell? I mean, it is. And I had a, another conversation. It's, it seems to be the topic right now. Basically, the cost of everything. And those are the things right now that, you know, because you go back and it's like, and I remember when, you know, our parents can do that. You know, they can go, well, when we were growing up, we would pay this and we'd pay this. Well, yeah, okay. If you think about it, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, of course, 
much cheaper price-wise. Well, now people are going, man, I'm old enough to remember back in 2018 and 2019 when prices were this. I came across a receipt uh, from a restaurant from 2018. And I had just gone to that same restaurant. And it was incredible. I mean, I was thinking to myself, how long before they just have to close the door because people are going to stop paying for this? You know, this this whole running up your credit card thing, that's after you spent your savings. Uh, people, we, we brought you the, the survey and, and the information that people are tapping into their 401ks for hardship, either loans or withdrawals or whatever. That can only go on for so long. And people can only work so many hours in one day in terms of getting a second job. So you're working harder and your money's going a lot uh, uh, less far. You're looking at at, at now the makings of a, a very disastrous 2024 campaign for Joe Biden. I don't know how the Democrats get away from that. You can't avoid that. And it's not the elephant in the room because everybody's talking about it. It's not the big item in the room that nobody wants to address. Everybody's addressing it every day. Each of your constituents. Remember when Biden said, oh, I just found out what they're paying for the uh, for a pound of hamburger. Wow. And we were like, oh, my gosh. Way to sound out of touch. That's what's really amazing to me, the lack of recognition in politics until it's too late. Something that was so obvious. And I look at it and I say, you know, well, why would they do that? Because I think the immediate gratification of being able to tell people we're going to give you something for nothing is just it's too tempting not to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and playing this thing that we're taking care of you, we're taking care of you when remember, because temporarily you did well. And now people regret the fact that they spend so much money saying, well, if they just would have kept they would have kept everything open, we would have needed to do this. And we're finding out now they didn't need to close everything. So they didn't need to close everything. Who was it uh, that was I got to find the article that was uh, uh, it was the New York Times Mm. recognizing that oh, closing the schools was real bad. Right. Duh. Right. All those warnings were out there beforehand. And remember, when the Great Barrington Declaration came. They were shut down. They were shut out. They they were completely and totally shut down. Liberal media wouldn't cover what they were talking about. Right. And say, do these people have something here? And now everybody's coming around. Oh, it was a mistake to do all this. Why do we do? Everything that government, you think about this. I'll put it this way. The vast majority of what government did during COVID led to where we are right now. Right. And they were wrong on it. Yeah. Remember 15 days to flatten the curve? Flatten the curve. Wow. Yeah. I I remember going back at this time, 
back in 2020. So yeah, three years ago, and I couldn't go see my my mom had died already, but I couldn't go see my dad for Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. You couldn't get, right. remember the yeah. remember the rules and regulations in New yeah. York. Yeah, it was like you had to basically be there five days just to be able to because you had to you had to uh, I think what go in and take a test before you left. When you got there, you had to take another test. You had to quarantine till you got that test back. Right. Once you traveled to New York, it was insanity. Right. And and it was all it was a massive wasn't overreaction. Needed. Wasn't needed, especially. Uh, when you, when you look at the spending, I mean, all of it was a, yep. an overreaction. But in terms of inflation, it was the spending that caused it, and we're going to feel that for a long time. This pricing jolt is going to be with us for a long time. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Run Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, man. I'll read, I'll read more of this coming up on the top of the hour. But just to give you a little, <laughs> a little hint, this is the Washington Post article. In Swing, Wisconsin County, everyone is tired of politics. Hmm. They're just tired of politics. All right. And, All right. And then it starts out. She didn't trust the government. She didn't trust the news. She didn't know whom to trust, so Kathy Nichols eased into an armchair facing her psychic. Okay. That's how the article starts. I can't trust the government. I can't trust the news. I'll trust a psychic. I'll trust a psychic. That's how the article starts. I'm I'm getting a vision of somebody with a name that starts with A or maybe B. It could be C or D, uh, maybe E or F. I mean, it's it's like it's uh, psychic, yeah. I mean, for entertainment purposes, but what? Okay. I'm shutting everybody out. I don't trust anybody. I need the security of a psychic to tell me something make-believe. I'll pay someone to BS me. Right. And it's a bargain. It's only 500 a week. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll read you more of the article coming up because it's just like, it's complete and total lunacy. These people, these people they don't know. Look, where do you stand on the issues? Right. Can you back up where you stand on the issues? It's simply that. Is the border secure? Right. No. Are they lying to us? Yes. Should we have a secure border? Yes. Right. Inflation. <laughs> what causes inflation? Government spending. Right. Should we have less government spending that we borrow money from? Yeah. That we borrow money in order to fund? Yes. How do you have a lack of trust in other things and then go... I'm putting all my trust in this person, the psychic. Psychic, I know. My God.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, continuing on how ridiculous the mainstream media is. Yeah, this article is actually in the Washington Post. All right, I'm going to read the first couple of sentences verbatim. In a swing Wisconsin county, everyone is tired of politics. Daniel Paquette and Sabrina Rodriguez wrote this article here. All right. Oh, my God. Here we go. Door County, Wisconsin. She didn't trust the government. She didn't trust the news. She didn't know whom to trust. So Kathy Nichols eased into the armchair facing her psychic. (laughs) What comes up in my future, she asked. Outside, the autumn sky was gray and things at home were rough. Uh, And her television blared chatter about the House Speaker drama. Uh Or the New Jersey senator accused of trading influence for gold bars or for the people running for president, all of whom she disliked, in the vanilla-scented office. (laughs) Under the glow... (laughs) Under the glow of Turkish ceiling lights, she tapped her white sketchers on an oriental rug and listened to a voice she found soothing. Man... Why can't we work in a vanilla-scented office? Uh, Here we go. You know how you, quote, you know how you have those amusement park cars, the psychic asked, leaning in? You smell vanilla, man. It's like you're in the go-kart and you feel like something is going to smash into you. Oh, man. Yes, Nichols thought, navigating life on Wisconsin's northeastern thumb was stressful enough. Why did she have to worry about the country's chaos, too? Why? It's overwhelming, she agreed. Why can't I just sit here and smell the vanilla? Wake up and smell the vanilla, is what Mm. my grandmother always said. The presidential election is less than a year away, and Americans are drained. (laughs) Almost two-thirds say they always or often feel exhausted when thinking about (laughs) politics, according to a recent... Pew survey, while more than half say they feel angry. Uh Trust in the nation's institutions has plunged to its lowest point in nearly seven decades, the poll found, with respondents describing the landscape in overwhelmingly negative terms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The rising share of Americans, meanwhile, now identifies politically independent, according to Gallup's recent annual... Recent annual snapshot yeah. as a major party front runners remain unpopular. Um, when pollsters this year asked people to describe President Biden, the most uh, most common labels were old and confused, while former wow. President Donald Trump was viewed as corrupt and dishonest. These mm. are independents, apparently, is what yeah. they're talking about. Right. 
and they just go through, you know, all the stuff. And again, from from a liberal point of view, um, is how they get to it. Where do I want to get to the point of? Uh, oh, mm. the self-described middle of the road voter Nichols recalled feeling calmer during Barack Obama's administration. Really, when Washington's dysfunction seemed less glaring, or at least. Uh, or at least in her face. Now she resented having to fret about her rising grocery bill and potential government shutdowns. Yeah, you're going through it with frustration, the psychic told her. Nichols nodded. I'm I'm sorry. You've got I'm sorry. you've got to accept people for how they show up, the psychic continued. You can't expect more from them. Wait, is she a psychic or just, I don't know, an advisor or someone who's just observing the obvious? Wow. I see in your future higher prices. But what I get what I get from here is all these people they're interviewing. Nobody's really on topics. They're all just done. Right. I'm a victim of a system that I don't want to understand i don't care to understand but i'm upset because things aren't going my way but i don't wish to delve in further bring my psychic in well when you sit around in a vanilla scented room expect that were there by the way were there any black lights or no, there was what was the lighting? The Turkish what? Turkish ceiling lamps. Okay. I don't even know what those are. I, I quit. <laughs> I mean, what do you say about something like this? You know, they don't Think of all the ways that you can get answers. You and I, um, in the way that we prepare for this show, I don't sit in front of the news. Now, I sometimes will watch it and or listen to it. And I listen to things. But, but in order to be informed, you've got to go out and get it. I don't even know if this person here that's sitting in front of their psychic wants to be informed. That that would be my first question. Here's the qualifier. Do you care? Do you want to be informed? Because I would think if you do, that would naturally drive your curiosity, which would naturally drive your behavior to do what uh, critical thinkers do. Our audience, where they actually do their homework, they they actually are concerned about things, and they stay on it. They seek it out. In today's world, it's right there in the palm of your hand, the computer, 24-7. So I question whether this person even cares or even wants to know about what's going on. You know, you know, this this is thing is a perfect example here. Um, it talks about this woman who runs a bar, Mich- Michelle Henderson. One said, one rule at her tavern: don't mix alcohol with politics; it will cause fights. Here, said the fifty-seven-year-old 
owner of the Hen House Bar and Grill in the rural village of Forestville. I've seen it. Her regulars are a mix of Republicans and Democrats, she said, and Henderson, who preferred not to reveal her political leaning, was tired of everybody freaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't talk about the president and his uh, rivals at home either. Why taint precious downtime with frustration? The hen house must remain a politics-free zone, not just for business, but also for everyone's mental well-being. Henderson had liked Trump's outspokenness at first. She would have voted for him in 2020, but was recovering from surgery on Election Day. Now she resents his cockiness and wishes he and other politicians would channel more energy into addressing the soaring cost of food. Two months ago, she had to lift the price of every menu item by 50 cents. And now her barbecue chicken sandwich costs $10.75. Customers she knew wouldn't pay much more than that. Now, with the inflation that we're dealing with that comes directly from government spending, my next question is, so you believe that the government should cut spending that could affect programs that you have because this is the debt situation now? How would she respond to that? Because it comes down to issues. But look what she responded to. She didn't say she wouldn't vote for Trump because of his stance on the issues. She resents his cockiness. Right. This is what I'm telling people about independence and many people out there. They don't delve into the issues as much as you think they do. Things yeah. are bad. Right. Oh, I don't like his personality. Yep. Yeah. Because it all comes down to that. The question would be, why do we have inflation, right? Yeah. We have inflation yeah. because of government spending. That's why we have it. Yep. Because of the debt that it's creating. The next question is, politicians are not magicians. I know the other person's going to a psychic and probably expects that a politician can be like the psychic who pretends they can tell you what the future is. Right. But the fact is they can't. And so that's what you go to. Well, you've lost a little bit of credibility, at least in my eyes here, when you say the politicians aren't coming through for me. Where's my psychic? (laughs) But the woman that owns the bar, you know, she doesn't seem to want to know where inflation comes from. Again, that's, you know... That's my take on this. She doesn't care enough. You can, what's the old saying? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them care. And this is where we are right now. Too many people are on the surface. This person has invested more time and money into a psychic than they have into actually doing research and learning the facts. I guarantee you I'm right about that. Well, that's always a convenient excuse. I'm tired of politics, so I'm tuning out. No, that's you're absolutely I hate, right. I it's hate a cop politics, out. so I'm tuning it's out. It's a cop-out. As 
it's actually become sort of virtue signaling. Yeah. If I don't pay attention to what's going on that negatively impact, impacts my life, I believe I'm a better person. Yeah. Where's my psychic? Right. Because oh, it's man. simply this. Where do you stand on the issues? Right. And who addresses closely where you stand on the issues? And why wouldn't you vote for them? And why would you vote for somebody? Because do you understand the issues, number one? That's what they don't ask in these things. Right. Do you understand the issue? Things are so expensive. We need somebody to do something about it. Well, do you know what they would do about it? How would you stop inflation? Right. Nobody asks that second. Nobody ever delves into the questions of what these people actually think. But then again, whenever you see the you know the undecided voter a week before an election is when yeah. you shake your head going, oh, my God. Yeah. I forgot these people actually exist. We don't have them with our audience because our audience, our listeners pay attention. They know what's going on. Yep. And but a lot of people don't know what's going on. No, they don't. And they do vote by uh, personality. Personality. Yep. Appearance. It's just the reality of it. And you see the writers here in Reuters don't seem to at all be inquisitive of, well, where do you stand on the issues? Mm -hmm. Let's go to the issues. Right. Yeah, well, that's it. How do you feel about this? What do you know about inflation? Well, I, we should back up and use the Eric and Gary standard. Name the three branches of government. Yeah. I like the so, one. so we can tell if you're qualified to continue to interview you. We need to really set that standard first and foremost. Because I, it, it, if, if the person doesn't care, that should be obvious. I don't know what you do about that. Well, when she said about the relative quietness of the Obama administration, not from where I stood. Me? Are you kidding me? Not from where I stood, it wasn't no, quiet. it was not. So you just look at it, and it's almost as if I have remained ignorant, <clears throat> but inflation has made it, so I pay attention now. Right. And I don't yeah. like paying attention. Yeah, right. Because it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. No, Plus, seriously. That's I've made more time but, for my psychic than... Right. Doing research. But nothing has changed. Nothing has changed in the way that I view things. No. no. I still view things the exact same way. Right. And I analyze them the same way. It doesn't mean I always get a victory. But I can still analyze it and defend it and say, here's a direction I'm going. I don't need to say, I've just had it with everything. Let me go to my psychic. That's a psych out. Psych out. <laughs> You know, and that's it. It's it's actually a cop-out, uh, ultimately, is what it is. But the fact that they started the article, that was the first yeah. example they gave. That was what I thought was the most beautiful and disturbing thing about the article. <laughs> because you're not really talking to somebody who is serious. No, that's what it comes down to. They're not. And they likely won't ever be. They don't have the will to get involved, at least to the point of learning the facts they just want to throw it all away. Okay, no more of this. No, no. I don't want any of this crazy stuff. I'm going to my psychic. 
I mean, seriously. (laughs) 866-90-RED-EYE. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, so there was that headline. Then there was this headline that you and I read from Fox News when we came in, and we had to do research to sit there and go, what the, excuse my language, but what the hell are they talking about? Right. And this was a, uh article in Fox News, McCarthy talking uh, uh, about uh, Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy makes stunning admission on Biden impeachment inquiry. The facts have led even closer. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy revealed on Sunday Morning Futures that the GOP has recently moved closer to filing an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. No. And you were like, you and I looking at each other going, what are they talking about? They wrote that wrong. They wrote it completely wrong. And there was no stunning admission at all from McCarthy. Yeah. He basically laid out what they've done so far. And and I don't know why that would be an admission, an admission right. claim. Yeah. Admission. And what he was saying in that appearance on Sunday morning futures with a uh, Maria Bartiromo, he was basically what it sounded like to me. He used the word closer. Uh, what's, what's the quote? Um, we have systematically followed every place the facts have taken us each and every day, and now it's moved even closer because now you've got the subpoenas going in to, uh, to get the bank statements. Which the impeachment inquiry got them. That's why right, they filed. Right. It's not right. filing the impeachment inquiry. They're doing the impeachment inquiry. Right. And there was nothing about filing anything there in that statement. He was just talking about getting, it sounded like, closer to proving what was going on. Right. There was no new news, though. Right. No No. new news. No. No.
giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley. And I slurred that. Hey. He's Eric Harley. I'm Eric Harley. It's only Tom Brokaw, NBC Nightly News, Eric Harley, and Gary McNamara. I got into the, uh, what's a Thanksgiving adult beverage? I don't know. Beer. (laughs) It's tequila. (laughs) Tequila. You're in Texas now. I got in the tequila early, the Thanksgiving tequila. Uh, No. A long-running tradition. (laughs) A long-running tradition. Well, since I had to give up a few years back, 29 years ago was the last time that I played organized football on Thanksgiving morning. No, 28 years ago was the last time. Okay, was it tackle or grope football? The first year, it was a radio station that I worked with, and everybody showed up, and it was touch. Grope? You mean grope? I, I would call it touch football. I don't believe there Today, was Today, any... that's called groping. Okay, I don't believe there's any groping. Go- mm-hmm. Groping, to me, is not just touch. It's touch with... Move- I don't write with, the rules. The left with, calls with, it groping. With hand movement. The left calls it groping, so <clears throat> that's the rule. All right, so um, we uh, so the first year was groping football. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue with them. Uh, and the and the next year was uh, assault football. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> uh, so so many people filing so many charges. It's it just was, crazy. Well, what happened was nobody really showed. There's only like three guys showed. Yeah. To play the touch football game. The so we're, football. We're, so we're throwing the football mm. around and. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, this whole group of all young kids show up, you know, oh, 18, great. 19, 20 years old. Great. And we're like, well, we're going to be leaving. They go, well, wait a minute. We need three more guys. Uh-huh, you yeah. want to play? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're They're getting ready to kick off. And I look and I go, oh, one hand or two hand touch. What are you talking about? It's tackle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I got I got to go. I still remember it in my mind. Going up and catching a pass. Yeah. And I jumped and caught the, and I'm coming down. And as I'm coming down, Eric, uh-huh. with my leg, uh-huh. I look down. I can see this guy coming in, oh. and I can tell with his shoulder he's going to hit my leg right beneath my knee, roughly when my when my football shoes and I had the small cleats on hits the ground. You wore cleats. Yeah. It was real money. All right. Real money. Okay. I had my, yeah. I had, okay. I had back then when I used to play, you know, a lot of Well, no, I mean, it's very serious. Stuff. Yeah, I had cleats. It's, yeah. And it was really muddy. And I'm but, lucky to put pants on. And you and you know what happened? Yeah. Because I went, this is it. I remember thinking the split second, my knee's going to be blown out. And my foot came yeah. down. Yeah. There was a piece of ice. It hit the ice. The guy hit my knee. Mm-hmm. I just did a complete flip in the air. And I'm in the air going, I don't believe my knee hurts. <laughs> I can still remember that. That thought going through my head. I don't believe my knee is hurt. And yeah. I came down and I went, okay, this is it. We're done. I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. Finish. Don't throw the ball to me. I'm not going to get tackled. We're, we're done. Yeah. Come on. And we finished out the game and that was it. 
and that was the last time I played organized. Not that I haven't thrown the football around on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But the last time I played any type of organized football or unorganized. Yeah. Disorganized uh, football. Disorganized assault football. Right. On uh, on uh, Thanksgiving, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I uh I mean, I don't know. I can't remember uh as a kid, I think we would we would throw the Nerf football around cuz the older kids, you know, my brothers and my older cousins, they had the real football. So it was me and my uh, well, I called him my twin cousin because he was born just shortly after I was. Same age. <laughs> we weren't allowed to play in any of the reindeer games, so we had to play with our Nerf football over on the side, and we just basically played catch. And was like, you want to go in and play guitar? Yeah! So we just, you know, we didn't... With my kids and my nephews and, and all that, it was a street game. It was in the street, not in the field, for years. And three of my nephews played high school football. And at the time they were playing high school football, it got rough. Now, I, I was just a spectator at that point. I was just watching. And, man, they played hardcore football in the street. Like, uh, this is going to end up in the ER. Somebody's going to the ER. Every time I see the the uh, the movie Invincible mm-hmm. with Mark Wahlberg, yeah, and they have the basically the dirt parking lot where they played football, right. yeah, and it was raining, yeah. That's what reminds me of those years, the last years when it was real, really all adult men, you know, work whatever. Uh, and it would be our radio station and some of the guys from the Home Depot across the street. That would all show up. Yeah. And but that's what that reminds me of. That that's what it felt like, if you remember that scene from Invincible. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what it, because they were playing, like I said, tackle, and I just said, This is insanity. Yeah. And so at that time I would have been uh okay. In uh I would have been in my early forties. All right. No, late late thirties. No, that would have been 90, first year was 94. I would have been 41. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I should have given it up by then. Because <laughs> it was all the 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that showed up then from Home Depot. Let's play! Yeah, no thanks. One or two-hand touch. What are you talking about? It's tackle. No. <laughs> Come on, you're in it. All right, we're kicking off. Luckily, there was snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier. And the ground wasn't solidly frozen. Hmm. Yeah. Because that, you know, you're not playing with pads and you get you get slammed into the ground on that, on ice. Mm-hmm. That's not fun at all. Mm-hmm. All right, I have a no-labels story for you. The no interest party, arcade. Okay, what you? Okay, here we go. The no labels, <laughs> a political organization that has alarmed some Democrats with the talk of launching a third party presidential I'm candidate. Alarmed has contemplated 
requiring a donation of at least $100 in order to cast a ballot at the group's upcoming nominating convention, according to documents obtained from the Associated Press. What? Yes, if you wish only those with money in the low, No Labels Party would be able to cast a ballot for a candidate. The idea, which breaks from long-standing norms, would raise a significant hurdle to participation in the democratic process. <laughs> yeah. No labels. No, no ketchup eaters allowed. In this case, no labels selection of its potential candidates for president and vice president. Neither the Democrat or Republican parties charge to vote at their conventions. Uh-huh. Where delegates vote for candidates chosen by voters through primaries or caucuses. The possibility of requiring a donation in order to cast a ballot. <laughs> oh my God. Did they not know how bad this would look? No, uh, no it's just we don't we don't want money. The the this, two, this story getting out is just horrible. I, I mean, the, I mean the whole the whole thing with the no labels is we're not like the Democrats, we're not like the Republicans, but we're not going to be a party of money of money and money. You want to cast a ballot in our in our upcoming uh, convention for a candidate? You got to pay a hundred bucks. Yeah, I like that. That's great. <laughs> Something tells me someone's not getting donations. Well, after the story came out, no labels officials said in a statement on Friday. After the story that they will not charge delegates. Uh, we, we decided against it the moment that the story leaked. Yeah. That was. Uh, That's stupid. That was a question, though, that they asked, apparently. Yeah. That they had asked. You know, that, hey, how would you feel about. <laughs> you imagine that. Are you crazy? Well, I'd have a, I'd have a, if I was running, I'd have a ton of hundred dollar bills. I'd be handing out. <laughs> exactly. Actually, there you go. I'd be handing out two hundred dollars. One hundred to cast your vote. Another to vote for me. <laughs> Might as well. Hey, look. While we're at it. Wow. A hundred dollars to cast a vote at the convention. Are you ready for this? You ready for this? I didn't know this. Delegates, hey, delegates are, you, are getting out of the limo. I, yeah, what? But they've said little uh, about how they will decide whether to go forward or how they will nominate a candidate at their convention, <laughs> which is scheduled for April in Dallas. It'll be here. Oh, we've got to go. Meanwhile, so, <laughs> meanwhile, supporters of Utah Senator... Mitt Romney and West Virginia Senate oh my Senator Joe Manchin Here on Thursday go. launched an effort to encourage the two retiring senators to seek the no labels nomination. Okay. Yeah, go for it. The survey, uh, which has over 70 questions, offers hints about how no labels <laughs> is developing those plans and their messaging. <laughs> <laughs> they have a party. They don't have messaging. I love it. Well, it's, we got a party. We haven't figured out our messaging yet. Well, they actually entertained the idea of charging a hundred bucks to 
cast a ballot at their convention. Uh, it also asks about the most wow. legitimate and credible way for no labels to nominate their presidential candidates. The survey presented four options, including a convention with more than a 1,000 people from 50 states, a national primary involving tens of millions of people who have expressed general interest in the no labels effort, uh, is another, as is a national primary involving about 15,000 members of the no labels nationwide. Uh-huh. Lastly, they asked, if a select and small group of diverse and distinguished leaders from No Labels should use their collective expertise to choose a nominee. Uh-huh. The poll also asked about a variety of messages to both to best promote the No Labels ticket, uh, what they should use in order to be considered a spoiler. Hmm. It asked whether the person taking the survey would rather vote for a bipartisan or a nonpartisan candidate, and it probes her preferences between various terms that could be used to describe the no labels ticket, an independent third party, unity, no labels, or common sense candidate. It requests the top three things a person dislikes the most about the two party system without any option for people satisfied with the current system. Uh-huh. So what they're doing, we got a party, now we got to figure out what we're about. You That's know, always a tough go for know, a political party. You know what they need? A psychic. <laughs> Wait. No, they don't. They actually don't. You know why? Because Eric is here to do all the work. Oh, that the, And this is free for the No Labels Party. I'm not charging for this, to be clear. I'm doing it as a service to our nation. No charge. Well, I'll do a better job than any psychic who would charge you money. Your party has no future. <laughs> there. I fixed it. They're all smoking weed. Well, you think of think about something. <laughs> When they want Mitt Romney and Joe Manchin, <laughs> Joe Manchin, who can't make up his mind on anything, and when he does, when you when he knows he's going to be, when we all knew he was going to be burned by the Democrats, yeah, and stated you're going to be burned by the Democrats, right? Then he got burned by the Democrats and went, well, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So what we need are people who can't make a decision on anything. <laughs> Wish to ride the tightrope without uh, coming to a decision and then regretting whatever they do after they make their decision. That's what the No Labels Party is about. Yeah. If, if they're really trying to get Manchin involved in this. Wow. Unreal. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Here's the headline. What is the least free state in the United States? Oh, details coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.